The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. You know what I get crap Musical. for? What? Elvin and Alvin. Like A-L-V-I-N yeah. and E-L-V-I-N. Right. I say them both the same. Oh, I, don't, I don't even know what anybody named Alvin. Do you yeah. know someone named Alvin? I don't talk about them because well. people make fun of me if I do. You're an idiot. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's mock draft time. It's Chris Sims, Ahmed Fareed. I mean, it's funny. Some guy, Alvin, Elvin... Ahmed, Ahmed, I mean, it's just funny, especially like, seriously, let's go back in the time machine for a second, okay? And what's (laughs) up, everybody? It is Monday. It's draft week. We're pumped up. Ahmed wore his favorite hoodie with the blue sleeves. The Chris Sims hoodie. The Chris Sims hoodie, as we call. Look, black (laughs) and then blue. But do you really know how nervous your name used to make me? Those first few podcasts? And honestly, I didn't really care about you. You just want to get the name right. You, I just, you thought I, it looked bad on you if you couldn't say my name. You didn't care how I felt about that. I could care less how you felt. Didn't care. And honestly, didn't care about me either. I was more worried about your wife. Oh, yeah. That I, who I've yet to meet. I know. But I was worried about her, like, judging me. Like, oh, look like at this new, new work asshole. Can't even come up with the name of my husband. He goes, and she goes, is worried. he even trying? And I go, that's the thing. He really is trying. <laughs> he is. He is blonde, honey. <laughs> and he played football. There's only so much he can overcome. Come yeah, on. Elv- oh, so we have to apologize, Pete says, to Elvin Bethea. Yes. A Hall of Famer for the Oilers, a linebacker. We're showing a picture of him. Look at that. Clubs for hands. Look at that. I mean, that is amazing. First off, I remember the name. I don't know much about the player. I'm not going to act like I do. But, I mean, love the unis. And we're back in this. I mean, he was a linebacker, right? He was linebacker. So, 65 wearing linebacker. Brady wouldn't like that. No. Brady wouldn't like you wearing 65. But I do like that. And that's, like, truly a club he's wearing there. It was impressive. I know. I mean, that's that's a weapon. That literally is a weapon on the field. Well, I I wonder back in those days how, like, tightly they did inspect things like that. Can you throw that up there again, Kristen, that picture? Because, like, (laughs) in my day, first off, if you had something like that, and this still holds true, yeah. Like you're going to walk out of the locker room and be like inspected and searched. They're going to check it for like weapons and anything else that's in there. <laughs> Is this metal? Can this hurt somebody? Yeah. What's in here? Yeah. So, right. I mean, who knows? It's like, you're right. And Pete's like, there's probably stick them all over it. There probably is. I mean, his other thumb is r- like wrapped up too. It, it's like, what? I mean, it's like the bionic man here. Are, are we even sure that he has <laughs> arms? He just put a bunch of tape there and created his own. Oh, that's appendages. awesome. Yeah. Uh, that's, uh, so, yeah, Elvin Bethea. And we also do have Elvin Camara. Yeah. Right? But I say them both the same. And people are like, you got to say it. It's Alvin Camara. Alvin Camara. Alvin Kamara. Alvin. Alvin, yes. All right. <laughs> yeah, I like never, how you never overdid again. that. Alvin. Alvin. That's how they want me to do it. They go, I can't tell a difference. Uh, uh, you okay. like the new number rule change? 
We didn't talk yeah, about that. Yeah, I do. You do. You're cool I with that? I don't get it. So, what, t- Brady's going to – he can see the numbers out there? I thought it was just flashes of colors for you guys. No, you can see the numbers, but it's more about, like, the pre-snap stuff. He has a legitimate gripe here. I wish oh, so it's all pre-snap. Well, it's all about, you know, more, more of that, plus, like – you know, again, numbers are a nice little clue. Let's just say you're you're the tailback and the shotgun. You're next to Tom Brady, right? Yeah. You know, and he's done his whole, like, Mike 52, right? You're right. And now the defense is disguising and doing all these type of things where, like, a lot of protections, the running back might have a rule where he's like, I know I'm, not, I'm only responsible for the secondary blitzers, yeah. right? So now let's say he makes that, and, okay, it's set hut, and he's looking – and like, oh, there was somebody across the formation that was coming, and you're not sure. Was that a line, the other linebacker? Was that a DB, whatever? He was oh. number eight. I have no idea. Well, that's where it's going to be. Right. Now you might, you, that might make you pause because you're like, I don't know if that's a linebacker or what. But yeah. the, the point of what Brady's trying to make is that the NFL, pass, protection, pass protections are way more complex than college, and you do do your best to try to get big people on big people. And that's why Brady's awesome. That's why the great quarterbacks are awesome. They always get their team in the right spot up front for them to succeed now that once they get the ball after the snap. But, like, you know, yeah, you want your offensive linemen to be blocking the defensive linemen, of course. And then after that, you'd like them to be responsible for the linebackers Mm. and do your best to keep backs on secondary guys. And now when you have everybody wearing the same number, it can be confusing. Mm. And especially when you get into the backups. You know, that's the thing that's going to be, you know, oh, oh, wait, I know the starting – nickel defense yeah but damn they've had two injuries now it's safety and linebacker so now it's the third string guy and i'm tom brady yeah and you're like well wait shit what was number eight the backup linebacker or the backup safety or is that seven they're both standing next to each other who the fuck is which one and that's what he's talking about and that's going to lead to some confusion moments yeah you you know what i would tell them what figure it out yeah figure Uh, it out look at you that that does make sense but it's it's not but it's gonna figure it out one of those things that bill belichick will use to his advantage somehow like he's gonna figure out a way right like the smart teams to just like all right we'll mess with you well Well, they're gonna they'll, they'll try they'll try teams have been doing trying to do this kind of stuff for a while yeah. But, uh, I don't know how many are going to change their number because you have to buy the whole inventory, apparently, of your number. This is going to piss people it. off because really what you're going to see, like Patrick Peterson is the first guy to do it, right? Yeah. He's going to number seven. Okay. It's only going to be free agents because they don't have to buy the inventory of their jersey. Oh, that's true. Right? So yeah. the free agents and the guys that get drafted are going to corner the market on these single-digit numbers. Oh. And it's going to piss off the veterans who are next year going to go – wait, I wanted to wait for next year to get that number, and now I can't. The rookie got it. The rookie's got it, I wonder if you could do one of those things where you're like, all right, sell all these jerseys. I'm going to let you all know. I'm changing it next year. Don't order new – don't print any more of my current number. Yeah. I wonder if they can do that. Oh, I wonder. I guess he still has to – Pay for the ones that are in stock, though. No, but say you go sell oh, them. But for ne- but oh, for- but then why, you wouldn't want to buy it if you knew the guy's changing exactly. his number Exactly. There's the going to be nothing year. there either, right? Uh, this is a mess. All right, it's, it's a, a mess. disaster. All right. This podcast will not be a mess because we're going 1 through 32. We talked about maybe going 32 through 1, a different mock draft than anyone else <laughs> out there. But we're going to go 1 through 32, your mock draft. We'll get to that in just a second. And it is going to be what you think will happen for the most part. Yeah, I mean, there's some where I feel like, I, I mean, I think this will happen. You know, there's others I got no clue. But, like, I also, yeah, I, I'm not going to lie. There are going to be picks on here where I'd go, I wouldn't pick this guy here, but – it makes sense for them and people I talk to in the NFL, okay, they all got this guy pinned there. I'm going to try to do my best to be as realistic with this as possible. Okay, so first, before we get into that, mm-hmm. 
You got your big board big all board. in one spot. It's on your Twitter account right now. Uh, Kristen's showing your offensive rankings. So you got quarterbacks, wide receivers, running backs, tight ends, offensive linemen. You do have one slight change. Yep, two, your, I think, actually. In your big board rankings on the yep. offensive side, oh, one on yep. the defensive right. side. On the offensive side, you put Trey Lance, five. Yeah. Now he is ahead of number six. Justin Fields. Yeah, it's something I've been talking about, really. I've said it on the radio to a few people, and I don't know if you can remember back to when we talked about the quarterbacks and all that. I said it was Justin Fields and Trey Lance were tied to me. Yeah. That I gave Fields the advantage a little bit just because he's played more. Um, But I I also said at that time, listen, there was things about Lance's throwing that was more consistent than Fields that I certainly did like more. And – yeah, uh, you know, as I went through the process more and more, Fields just scares me. As you said, I, again, I'm rooting for the person. I hope he proves me wrong. But there's just issues about him throwing the football that I don't know if can be fixed, and they, uh, they yeah. make me worry. The thing that makes me the most mad about this, and I, and I told you this before the podcast, and I don't want to spend too much time on yeah. it, but you were higher than most on Lamar Jackson. Right. Way higher than right. most. You were higher – than most on Josh Allen. Yeah. You are as high as everyone else on Kyler Murray. So you, of all people, you, you know the value of a good mobile quarterback yeah, that Mahomes, can do a ton. I was high Mahomes, on him. you were right. higher on than right. most. So it's, when you're saying, I don't know about this mobile quarterback, that means something to me. I don't, maybe people don't know your history with that. Yeah, but I don't it's think just, so. it, it means something. I know. It's not biased. It's not like you're against the mobile. It's like you don't know what the mobile running quarterback can bring. No. No. Exactly right. I mean, I know exactly. Well, I liked Lamar Jackson when he was coming out, but there was the difference between Lamar Jackson. First off, his running was more special than these two guys. Like, let's just write out that. I mean, more special than anybody we've ever seen ever come in the NFL. So, okay, that was easy for me to be like, oh, yeah, I want that. (laughs) And then his throwing to me was more natural than the other two guys. Yeah. That's the big thing, too. A very natural motion and really very few mechanical issues with his motion either. So that's why I love Lamar Jackson. But, yeah, I mean, listen. You get it. You get I, I get it. want them I running mobile it. quarterback and right. do it all. Right. It's just I, I'm just – there's issues about both of these guys' games that I just – that scare me. Just make me, you know, pump the brakes a little bit. Yeah. But I, I know. I mean, again, it seems like potential only means running. That's what I've, I'm learning from everybody <laughs> on Twitter. Yeah. That you only have potential as a player unless you can run. And, you know, I mean, I'm borderline been insinuated as a racist uh, because, because of I think Mac Jones is better than Justin Fields and Trey Lance, too, which is also crazy. So uh, I don't sure. know. But either way, it's going to be really interesting to see how this whole quarterback thing shakes out on and Thursday night. I cannot wait to see where you have both of those guys. Yep. If you have them in your, your first round, because this is what you think is going to happen. Yeah. With a little sprinkling of right. your own Like, I think Kellen Mond is a first-round quarterback. I don't have him going in the first round of this mock draft. Sure. Just to be. But if he does, you'll be like, that's a good pick. Well, yeah, I mean, team. I'll be all for it. Unless but it's I, number one overall, you might then be, I'll like, be like, that's, well, that's a little, a little bit high. Of an <laughs> Defensive <laughs> side of the ball, big board before we get to your mock draft. Uh, you have one small change here, too. You Really around the, uh, around the edges. You didn't make any major changes nope. after you announced this. Kelvin Joseph is now your new cornerback six from Kentucky. Yeah. Dropping out is Marco Wilson from Florida. Yes, yeah. from Florida, right. Like him a lot. Kelvin Joseph, though, is a guy I was a little late on. But, like, certainly impressive. Like, got all the ability to be that man-to-man type of guy that I love on an island, right? Has the size, tackles, you know, really does it all. 
Ball skills are pretty good, too. They really are. In fact, they're very good, his ball skills. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of people have him rumored to be an end-of-the-first-round type pick. I don't quite see him as that type yeah. of talent. But, I mean, again, I'd be shocked if he's on the board past 45 or 50, that's for sure. I'm interested to see what you do with corner because yeah. you're so high on Caleb Farley. As yeah. I think a lot of people are, but you have those medical concerns. No the doubt. Back. Um, although you talk to him, so maybe he's like, my back's fine. My back's um, fine. I got a backyotomy. I'm good. And I do hear, like, you hear enough people talk and say it has been really difficult for teams this year to figure out exactly what these players have going on medically. Between lack of information, research, getting to meet these guys, the COVID opt-outs. Yep. You know, Haven't played for a year for some of the best players. Exactly right. All of those things, to me, lead to, like, uh, it's, I think, going to be one of the more exciting drafts we've seen. Mm. Uh, I think there's going to be some great picks, some dumb picks, some risky picks. You know, and then the big thing is everybody, everybody wants – everybody's trying to trade down. Everybody. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants to trade down. Everybody wants picks for next year's draft. But, you know, the big thing I keep coming to, and like, because, you know, you hear some of these teams in the top 15 or so, oh, they might try to trade down. Yeah, but, but who's there to trade up for? That's the big thing, too. You've got to have something that people want. And I don't know, once you get past the quarterbacks and maybe the receivers, you start to get into, I don't know if that guy's really worth trading up into the top 10 or right. number nine for it. And that's where I'm going to be interested to see how this, this plays out, too. So your mock draft in my mock for draft. 2021, I tried to convince you to do the straight, like what would Chris Sims do if you were the GM of every team. Right. And so you'll sprinkle a little bit of that in here, but this is what you think will happen. Yeah. And we'll note the places where you think that that's a bad pick, that you don't think they should do that. But we'll start with the number one overall pick, Jacksonville Jaguars, a shocker. Who do you have going number one? Well, Trevor Lawrence. Okay. Come on. You know that. I mean, we all know that. That's why Urban Meyer took the job. I mean, come on. He was there handing the ball off to yeah. Trevor Lawrence during his pro day workout. So, of course, that's going to happen. He's worthy of the number one pick. He's got big-time star potential, as we've talked about. Yeah, there's some unrefined things about his throwing that I'd like to see him get fixed. But it doesn't worry me. It doesn't. I mean, again, there's just too many good throws, you know, ability to make every throw, the size, the athleticism, of course, just the, the, the intangibles as far as how he acts in pressure situations. I mean, he seems unflappable. So uh, I love this pick for Jacksonville, and I love Trevor Lawrence, even though everybody thinks, you know, I don't just because I had Zach Wilson as my number one quarterback. Had that Sports Illustrated story that, you know, even we talked about yeah, on this podcast, right. that you try to slice and dice just because sometimes you get bored of talking about the same things all the time. But the guy's got perspective, and I don't think it was that he doesn't love football. It's just that he's got a lot of other things going on in his life that he likes as well. And you need that. You don't want to be so obsessed with one thing that you drive yourself crazy. No. As I no. have found in my life many well, times. When I become obsessed with one thing, it drives me crazy. Well, you're right. And, you know, let's, if he fails a few times or, you know, hits a few bumps in the road here early in his career, I bet you he'll have a chip on his shoulder about yeah. something. You don't just have that for no reason, especially when you've been the king of college football for the last few years. There's nothing for him to be chippy about. What? Yeah. He runs the fucking show. So he's not, there's nothing he's, he's, he's mad or feels cheated about. Um, but, no, I'm, I'm all for this pick. It makes a lot of sense. It's going to sell tickets. He's yes. a legend in that part of the country. And, really, again, He's totally worthy of this pick. He has big-time talent. And even with his little issues as far as the mechanical things that I say can be inconsistent, he can fix those. I've seen enough good throws to know that, first off, he can do it the right way, 
But second off, like his fix, his issues aren't like Justin Fields, where I go, oh, those, these ones, I don't know if you could fix. These are like just get the feet lined up the right way. Have yeah. a little bit more shoulder turn. They're minor things for Trevor Lawrence. And if he can fix some of those things, like he can have one of the most powerful arms in all of football too. So number two, you have a quarterback, I'm assuming, here as yes. well. Zach Wilson going to the Jets, what everyone thinks here. You like Zach Wilson better than Trevor Lawrence. I do. But you think it's defensible to go Lawrence one and then Zach Wilson two. I, I do. I, I do. I mean, again, Lawrence is the safe pick for one. Yeah. You know, so and, and it's the one that's been, you know, sold to the masses for so long. Um, but I love, of course, Zach Wilson, the talent he brings. I mean, it's, you know, anybody that's was listening, it's, it's Rodgers, it's Mahomes-ish. It's the most talented thrower in the draft. It's the most explosive arm in the draft. You know, I would say, you know, ath- uh, athletically, you know, as far as in the pocket and stuff like that, he's the bet. him and Mac Jones are the best in the, in the draft too, as far as moving in the pocket, doing things like that. Wilson separates himself because he can throw 30-yard lasers from – you know, throwing a ball from knee level. I mean, yeah. he can just make throws that nobody else in this draft can make. You need a really short defensive lineman, though. Yeah, we have a big lane. You need a big lane. You need a big lane. But to me, just the perfect fit for what the Jets want to do on the offensive side of the ball. As, as you've heard me say, this is Aaron Rodgers with Matt LaFleur up in Green Bay. Now you got Zach Wilson with Michael Four here in New York, and I think yeah. it could be a special marriage. All right, so quarterback, quarterback. Quarterback, number quarterback. Number three, also going to be a quarterback. You have several thousand San Francisco 49er fans going, please say Justin Fields here. And another thousand saying, please say Trey Lance here. <laughs> and then you have about five or ten that say, I'd be okay with Mac Jones. Right. So, so what do you think it is? I'm going with a five or ten. I'm going with <laughs> Mac Jones. Yeah, I am. You know, I know there's been a lot of talk about – you know, for the 49ers and people reporting it's down to Trey Lance and Mac Jones. And listen, I, again, I don't know the thoughts here all the way, right? right. I know my friend, and I still, like I said from the start, I think it's going to be Mac Jones. I do. Just first off, I think he's the most worthy of being that number three pick. I think that's the guy you trade up for. And, of course, he's NFL ready this moment right away, let alone there's a lot of – awesomeness about his football game all right and that's where people are missing out I know there's not this one thing that just jumps out but it's when you put it all together and then you watch it on the film it jumps out to go every play is good every's a great throw great decision whoa awesome moving in the pocket whoa way to change your release a little to throw the perfect ball here into a tight window with people around you I mean it's quarterback play at its finest this is you're we're gonna this is this is Drew Brees or Matt Ryan type of guy we're talking about here. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Mac Jones here. I just, again, I, I understand the, the Trey Lance love. Mm-hmm. I'd be intrigued to see what it looks like with Shanahan's offense too. I saw it, I feel like, with RG3 a little bit, right, a few years back. But I, I think this will be Mac Jones. I'll be surprised if it's not. Be surprised if it's not Mac Jones. Yeah. This is the final call. Mac Jones going number three to San Francisco. So then number four, and let me be clear – did you do any trades or mock trades? Or I got a few to, trades. You do have I got some a few trades. trades coming up. I All right, do. so there is some thought that maybe yeah. if the 49ers go Mac Jones there, that someone who's high on Justin Fields or high on Trey Lance may trade up, 
to Atlanta at number four right here. If Atlanta's not sold on a quarterback, if yep. they want to ride Matt Ryan for a little bit more. So number four, what do the Falcons do here? I, I'm going to go with Kyle Pitts, a tight end from Florida here. So stay put and draft the tight stay end. Stay put, draft the tight end. Matt Ryan's still got good years left in front of him. Arthur Smith wants to run that offense. I mean, man, now you got Julio, Calvin Ridley. I know Julio's supposedly on the trade block here. But those two with Kyle Pitts, uh, I, I, to me it just makes sense from not only for what they have on their roster, but the type of offense they want to run, the, run there too. They're going to run a kind of a run-first, play-action type offense. That's where Pitts fits, let alone Pitts is as good as any tight end I can remember coming out in the draft. I mean, he's just like we talked about last week. It's a freak show. I mean, you can do whatever you want. So uh, that's if I'm if I'm the Falcons, I'm going Kyle Pitts. I, I mean, I know a lot of people think there's real interest in Trey Lance there in Atlanta. That was kind of the rumor. Mm. Um, I'm going to say that they've come to their senses and realize they got a quarterback that's got at least two or three really good years left in them, and they try to stay in that window for now. Yeah, what is Matt Ryan now, 36, I 36, think? right? Which sounds super young <laughs> now. It's like 36. He's it's got nothing. plenty of years. It's he nothing. He could play for another 10 years maybe. Uh, so if there were not these many good quarterbacks in the draft this right. year, say it was a down year on quarterbacks, would you have any problem seeing Kyle Pitts as a 1.1 number one overall pick in some drafts where there's not a, a clear quarterback? Ooh. You know? Yeah. I mean, he's that type of talent. You would have no problem, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's. Maybe a small problem taking him number one well, overall. Well, yeah. But. One's, you know, it's hard to think that it just wouldn't be somebody out there. But no, I mean, he is every bit as worthy of being the number one non-quarterback on yes. the draft board. He is definitely, like, I don't look at that and go, oh, this is crazy or this is overhyped. I think anybody that knows me or listened to my pods over the years, if I thought, I would tell you if I was like, man, they're, I like this guy, but he's being a little, I mean, we're talking about the number one player in the draft. I don't know about that. No, he, he's worthy. There's like, really not a weakness to like him. Like knowing what we know now about Jared Goff and Carson Wentz that year. Yeah. It's like knowing what we know now. Oh, like I know. not end-all, be-all. Right. And you think Kyle Pitts could be a generational talent. would be like, maybe we would take him I, over those guys. I, 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 I hear you. Mm -hmm. It's just it's quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. And you can't tell anybody you else. One, you need else. one. You need yeah. a quarterback. Yeah. you got to have one of those. Yeah. All right. So, number five, they have a quarterback. Joe Burrow got him number one overall last year. Are you going to protect him? Are you going to give him a weapon? That seems to be the question. It is the question. And from everything I know, this is the real question going on in Cincinnati. I mean, I got, I got good info to know that this is a real conversation. And I'm going Jamar Chase here. Okay. I am. I, I, you know, uh, I know I've explained this pick a little bit on the podcast the last few weeks because they could go either way. You know, it could be a Penny Sewell and then draft another receiver at the top of the second. Or you could go receiver – and there's going to be another good offensive lineman there at the top of the second, too. So which one do you want to do? I think what I got to in my heart of hearts is I just said, you know what? Elite receivers like this don't grow on trees every day. All right? And I, I'm a big Penny Sewell fan, so don't get me wrong here. Um, but I guess what I'm saying is a receiver can change the offense. A left tackle can't. He can't change it. He can make it better, mm -hmm. you know, but he still needs the rest of the offensive line to be good around him, and they need to work as a unit and everything like that. The receiver can totally change the way the team is perceived, the amount of pressure that offense is going to be able to put on the defense. It's going to make them think about, do we want to blitz that offensive line? Right. Because, man, now we're leaving our guys vulnerable with those receivers, Higgins, Jamar Chase, and him. So 
I'm going make a unit elite that way, okay, mm-hmm. and then build a unit as far as your offensive line is concerned. Don't just try to go for one star guy on that unit. Uh, and, and that's where I'm, I'm, I'm going to play, go Jamar Chase and get the offensive lineman in the second round. They were college teammates at yeah. LSU. Does that factor at all into the decision here, you think? No doubt about it. I mean, that it's, it's, was a special, special connection. Yeah. Like, special. As good as we've ever seen in college football history. I mean, you know, it's right up there with Mac Jones and Devontae Smith this year. But, like, let's just – we're talking about this class, right? How, like, there's some talented receivers – we were talking about last year, how last year was talented receivers, and everybody last year would have told you Jamar Chase is the best receiver in the country last year. I mean, last year he was the guy. He could have left. He's one of those few guys that could have been like, eh, he can do two years in college and be a star in the NFL. We don't really need to do that whole three-year thing. Yeah. He, he's, he's a man. Which is what he got, basically. It's what he got is basically what he got. But, college. yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan. I think he's going to be a star in the NFL. So, number five, we've got Jamar Chase – Hooking up with his college teammate, Joe Burry. Joe, Joe Burry. Joe Burry, the old Burry. Uh, number six, the Miami Dolphins. A lot of people think they could do the same thing. I know. Tua and perhaps one of his receivers at Alabama. Number six, Dolphins. What do you got? I'm going Devontae Smith. You are. I am. Devontae Smith is, I mean, again, as I said during my, my wide receiver rankings, it's like 1A and 1B with Chase and Devontae Smith. I mean, it's, these are stars, studs. And Devontae Smith really, I mean, it's best route runner in the draft, incredible feet at the line of scrimmage, and can fly, you know, can flat out fly. So, you know, I just think when you take those, those, all that stuff into account, it's hard to pass him up. He's a game breaker for me, let alone he's going to be able to do all the meat and potato stuff. The only thing is, is the weight, like we've talked about. Yeah. It's the only risk. Because if he gets hurt, everyone's going to say, yeah, I told you so. He was too skinny. But, I, you know, again, you have to have some evidence to lead, let, like, lead you down that road to think, ooh, that could be an issue. And there's just really nothing there. Uh, for me, he's, he's amazing. He really is. These two guys are special, special wide receivers in the NFL. There's a lot of talk about Jalen Waddle I know. here, too. I know. And it seems like, you know, Mike was talking about that on the show. He, he thinks that, and I think Mike was probably saying that because he's probably heard that from somebody. So so what do you make of that? You're, I, you're probably lower. Not that you're low on yeah. Waddle because you still have him, what, in your top four yeah, I mean, wide four, receivers? Yeah, right? I'm a De'Ami Brown lover. A lot of people think Waddle's the burner that can get downfield, the yeah. more dynamic guy. Well, he's more of a slot guy. I mean, he's got incredible acceleration, yeah. all of those type of things. He, you know, he plays smaller, and I think there is more slot value to him. Um, you know, maybe can you do more of the speed sweep gadget type stuff? Okay, maybe with him. Um, but, you know, again, yeah, I prefer Devontae Smith more than him. But I, I know there's a lot of people that think this could be a Jalen Waddle pick here. All right, so we got receiver, 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 I guess, if you count Kyle Pitts, uh, Pitts as a receiver. Close enough. At number four. So that, now my Detroit Lions, number seven. And I, you know what I did? I bought the draft hat. You did, have you seen those draft hats? I haven't seen that the have new like ones. The big logo oh, yeah. in the front. Yeah, is it like this year's official yeah, draft I hat? Yeah, I did. I've never done that good before. Good for you. But look for at you. For whatever reason, I saw it and I thought it looked good. I'm not right. even a hat guy. Right. I don't even wear that many hats. Watch you guys trade it out of the first round. You can't even put it on. And I should have brought, <laughs> I should have brought that. Uh, but number seven, pick. the Lions have a lot of holes. Yeah. They could trade down if they can, I guess. What do you I, think they'll I, do? I, I do think they'll look to trade down. Yeah. I don't, I don't doubt that. Um, I think, though, ultimately, they're not going to find anybody there quite yet. And I think Penny Sewell is going to be the pick. I'll take it. I'll yeah, take it. I think so. You know, one, there's need there. 
on the offensive line, okay? And then two, I mean, Penny Sewell is really good. I mean, he's a phenomenal football player. And I think he kind of like embodies the attitude of what they want up there. I mean, Dan Campbell biting kneecaps and all that. Mm. Sewell's got that mean, tough, kind of gritty attitude that I would think that Dan Campbell saw with the New Orleans Saints or his days with Bill Parcells and back right. then. This is the kind of offensive lineman that make teams good and nasty, you know. So I look at that, and then you add Anthony Lynn into the conversation. You know, I, I just look at all of that and go – that to me seems like running, physicality, let's start to win that battle first up front. And I think they'll go there. And, of course, he's a hell of a player. I'd be all, all about that. Because when you have all these holes, and, and you did say it is a deep tackle class. Yeah. Right? You can get some in the second round, but you're not getting any you're not getting of the penny caliber. Souls. No. Maybe in the next five years well, right? he's, for a he's, tackle like him. He's got, uh, he's got some freakish things. Yeah. Right. He has some things you look at for me where I just go, there's, like, there's some Hall of Fame traits. To be close to 330 and to be as twitchy and as quick as he is, and then you know, to be the true nasty road grader we talked about a little bit. I mean, there's really everything is there. Everything other than maybe elite arm length mm-hmm. is probably the only thing we're missing here. Uh, and it's close enough. And he, his arms play long. Like, I was shocked. What was his measurement for his arms, Pete? Do you remember in the – it was like, I want to say a little under 34. Pete, off the top of your head. He should oh, have the arms I mean, what of is every, he doing? every player off the what top of his head. What is he doing? No, he's still looking. We'll get All back right, we'll to get the back arm to length. It. Yeah, he, don't worry. We'll it's get not back that to the arm length of Penny Sewell. And we'll see maybe if the Lions want to – 33, 33 and a quarter. And a quarter. So, yeah, you'd like, it, you'd like it closer to 30. You'd like the 34. But I mean, that's pretty close. I know. It's pretty close. You'll be all right. <laughs> uh, number eight then. So if you've got the first offensive lineman going off the board at seven to the Lions, the Carolina Panthers, which is going to be fascinating because there are even people that think, even after trading for Sam Darnold, like, ah, oh, Fields is there and if Lance is there, they might, they I'd might be get shocked. a quarterback. All right, I think, I think Carolina tried to tell us without telling us what their quarterback plan was. You know, one, there's a lot of rumors in the NFL community that they were looking to trade up in the draft anyways to get a quarterback, okay? They coached Mac Jones at the Senior Bowl, and I don't think it's a coincidence that, like, the 49ers traded up to three and people like me and everybody kind of linked them to Mac Jones, and then, like, three days later, it's Carolina's in trade talks with the, the New York Jets. I don't think that's coincidence, right? So I think they've already made their play here. I think they're going to say, like, oh, we don't know, because they're hoping somebody might worry about them still taking a quarterback. And I think that's probably why they haven't done the fifth-year option. They're trying to sell that bill of goods. Like, we still might take the quarterback. See, we didn't give them the fifth-year option. We traded all these picks away for them. Uh, And we're just going to throw them down the river. That doesn't mean, to me, doesn't make sense. And to me, for what they're trying to do in Carolina – they want a quarterback like a Mac Jones or a Sam Darnold or a Teddy Bridgewater, which I mean just be surgical throwing the ball from in the pocket. You know, to me, Justin Fields and Trey Lance are not that at this point of their career. So the Carolina Panthers have picked number eight. I got him. Trade him back because the Trade Washington alert. football team Whoa. is coming up to take Trey Lance. Wow. Okay. Washington and there's my first, that, I, mean, I just feel like Washington's a team that's got a lot of things – on their roster that are really good. You know, I know there's some teams that are hot on Trey Lance. I've been told by some people in the know, all right? 
I don't know for sure if it's Washington. Yeah. But I'm going to say that they are one of the teams here that makes a play. So they and would go from 19 yes. all the way to eight. Right. It'd Which be is going to be a hall. to know what that hall would I be. Know. It, is that multiple first rounders? It, it it might be. It might be. It might take you know a swapping Good. in this first round, next year's first round, and probably some other some other stuff to go along with yeah. it. Yeah. Yes. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm going to make that play. Uh, all right. Trey Lance sitting there, a big time talent. You know, the Washington football team, Ron Rivera, the way they're setting it up, you know, with, with um, uh, North Turner's son. I'm blanking on his front and first name. Yeah. I have so many damn names in my head. Yeah, Norv Jr. Nor- yeah, it's not. It's driving me crazy. I can picture his face. But Scott Turner, oh, Scott. thank you very much. Scotty. Damn, sorry, Scott. But their history with Cam Newton, Trey Lance can be that type of quarterback. All right, yes, might not be ready right now. Okay, we got Ryan Fitzpatrick. You could sit here for a year, learn those type of things. I'm going to play that. I think somebody's going to make a play here. Washington, to me, is the team that jumps out. So if I had to pick one, I'm going Washington, making the move. All right, so you think that could be the first spot that a team trades up. Number eight, Washington getting Trey Lance from North Dakota State. So let's recap the first eight picks so far. Uh, some chalk at the top there. Everyone thinks Lawrence, Wilson, and Mac Jones has been the rumor for quite some time. Kyle Pitts, Florida, the Falcons, Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, uh, Bengals and Dolphins, the Lions taking Penny Sewell, and then Trey Lance going to Washington. So we have four quarterbacks going in the top eight. Damn. Pretty good. Good quarterback class. Yeah. All right. And some people think number nine. Could be a quarterback as well, the Denver Broncos. I, I, I mean, listen, that, that seems to be out there. It does. I, I, I don't know. I don't think that's the pick for them. I don't. You know, again, okay, the Broncos are a team that's not far off. We've talked about their receivers, right, mm-hmm. how talented they are. We know they got good tight ends with Noah Fant. Their O-line is pretty damn good. You get in their defense. Von Miller and Bradley Chubb are coming back. Right. Defense line. I mean, defensive line was borderline top ten last year. Anyways, I'm mean, just want to make sure where they were number nine in football last year. Oh no, they're not. They're not number nine. I'm wrong about that. Okay. No, they're not. They're they're they're. Let me just make sure I got that. They're twenty. Okay, okay so they right. weren't close there. Okay, but you know, corners, secondary, pretty damn good. You know, there's a lot to like about their football team, to where I just go. Man, I mean, I think you're close to being a real player this year. Are they going to go the Justin Fields route? I don't, it just doesn't feel like that to me. And, of course, I've talked about Vic Fangio. I mean, his butt's going to be gone. He's not going to want a quarterback at number nine. So if they pick a quarterback at nine, it's totally the GM. And it's also going to be telling you he doesn't really want Vic Fangio as his head coach and he's looking to hire somebody else next year. Mm-hmm. That's what that would say to me. Yeah. I'm going with what I said last week that they're going to stay with Drew Locke, that they're going to look to get a Teddy Bridgewater or a Jimmy Garoppolo off trade, and they're going to pick Micah Parsons, the middle linebacker from Penn State at number nine. Okay. That's, that, to me, is the biggest need on their football team. When I look at their team, there is not one spot where they have a bigger need. And Vic Fangio with the 3-4 defense, and I think I said this to you last week, right? I mean, they had, he had Patrick Willis and Navarro Bowman. Yeah. He had Roquan Smith and Danny Trevathan. They don't got those guys there right now. To me, that's the last piece of the puzzle to make it work for him. And Parsons is a stud. 
He's, a, he's big time talent at the linebacker position, let alone has the size to match and everything like that. So I'm going Michael Parsons, Penn State. It will be an indication whether they think they can win this year. Like, right? right. Does the That's, GM think they're good enough to win this year, go for it, or build for the future? You can kind of try to do both, both, but number nine overall, you got to make a decision. I know. It's interesting, you know. And, and I know they were a 5-11 and 11 football team last year. They lost a few heartbreakers. But, I, I, you know, again, they're one of those teams that I would just say, I got a little mark next to them to go, watch out. Yeah. They could be a team that can be in the playoff hunt next year. I think there's a lot of, like, the key ingredients to be successful are there already. So, Micah Parsons going to the Denver Broncos. Ten overall is the Dallas Cowboys. We heard the rumor mill churning that they love Kyle Pitts. Jerry Jones loves Kyle Pitts. Who wouldn't love Kyle Pitts? Yeah. He gone. Right. So, what do you think the Cowboys do at ten? It, it, it would be for two positions – I mean, defensive line, there's no D-tackle we're taking here. So, okay, maybe would there be an edge pass rusher? Maybe. I mean, maybe. But I'm going to go with Patrick Sertan. Okay. The, the corner from Alabama at Who's the 10th. Who's not pick. your number one corner. No. Not my number one corner. He's my number three corner, actually. But, I, could, I mean, listen, he's most people in football's number, number one guy. Yeah. Right? And I understand that. I get it. You know, I'm a bigger fan of Sertan than I am of Akuda last year, like I've told you in, in the past. But I think also what I like about this as well is it's a scheme fit too. You know, Dan Quinn being there, the defensive coordinator. Again, Sertan can do everything at a, at a really high level. Man-to-man is the one thing I think he's not like the greatest at. Well, he won't have to play man-to-man every snap on this defense. Mm-hmm. So he can kind of be that Richard Sherman guy. Like – it's zone with some man-to-man principles. I'm smart. I'm long. You know, I know how to, you know, my, I got great feet. I can make breaks on the ball. And then there's a handful of plays every game where I got to play man-to-man. And to me, that fits Patrick Sertan. And they have a real need in the back end there in, in Dallas. So I mean, I, it I can seems see like a slam dunk. It's got to be somewhere defensively. For I, it's this team, got right? to it's be. It's got to be. I, I don't even understand why you'd waste your pick on an offensive guy. Yeah. I almost, I mean, we could really look at them last year and go, why'd you waste a pick on CeeDee Lamb? Yeah. You guys were good at receiver. You know, I understand it, but yes, this defense was so bad last year, I, I got to think it's, it's defense all the way. All right, so you got the first defensive back going off the board at number 10 overall to the Cowboys. 11, your New York Giants. They have the some G-Man. needs. They have some needs as well, offensively, they do. defensively. They do. Special teams probably too. I'm going with a trade here. You're trading back. I'm trading back. Gettleman's pulling off a trade. I think he's. Gonna, I think this is one spot they might be able to pull off a trade. And you know who's moving up? No. The New England Patriots. Oh boy. Oh baby. Because oh, they're gonna take uh, Jalen Waddle. Oh, oh baby. They just got all the wide receivers in free agency. So and, uh, they're gonna add Kendrick another Bourne weapon and, to the group here. Oh, they're gonna wow. add their Julian Edelman slot big playmaker type guy to their offense and give Cam just weapons galore. So, yes, I mean, first off, from their drop-back pass offense, he fits everything they'd want there because uh-huh. he can do all the Edelman-type stuff. Plus, of course, then some. I mean, he's got much more of a deep deep threat ability to his game, Jalen Waddell. You know? And then I think you add into what they're trying to do there with the, again, this fake speed sweeps, the intricate run game. He's going to have great value to go along with that. But – you know, Waddle, special talent, and I think it's one where, again, I know I'm lower than most, so I know from enough people out there that he is going to go in the top 15 or top 20. Really? That's for Yeah. 
So I know I'm lower than most. We'll see. You know, we'll see a year or two from now whether Diami Brown's better or, or he is. Like, yeah. you know who I'm saying I, I think's better. But, uh, yeah, I think it still makes sense for their football team. And I could see them making this type of move to really put their offense in kind of an elite category. And you look at the Patriots for a team that didn't make the playoffs last year. You don't have a whole lot of holes because you got guys coming back that opted out last year. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's you made it. I don't huge think in there's any corner that they're going to take here, right? Yeah. You know, I, hey, we always know New England likes corners. Right. Stefan Gilmore, this might be his last year there. But again, you know, like, hey, J.C. Horn's out there, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think he's their type of guy because I don't think he's good enough in man-to-man coverage. So I just I, – I don't – I don't see them going that route. I think when I, there's no D-tackle that's quite worth it there for them. Yeah. You know, they got a D-tackle and Godshaw and free agency, you know. So I, I, I'm, I'm going to say they make the play for the receiver and get the difference maker here. So does that mean the Giants will pick 15? The Giants will pick 15. Yes, that's how the trades work usually. Uh, well, I didn't know what the trade was for. <laughs> I didn't know what they did. Maybe there's three first-rounders in the future. In the, yeah. Um, <laughs> number 12, then, after the Yeah, they just Patriots, slipped spots. The Patriots traded up to 11. Giants go back to 15. Number 12, the Philadelphia Eagles. What are they going to do? Right, and that's why I went with the – like, the Eagles, I think, are a big candidate for drafting a wide receiver. So that's why I had New uh, England yeah. jump them. Because I could certainly see, like, Waddle being on the board and the Eagles being there, like, damn, we're, we're not very good at that position. And this guy's pretty much a slam dunk to be good. There's no doubt about that. So that's why I had them jumping, uh, the, the Philadelphia Eagles. But you know what I'm going to go with here? I'm going to go with the chalk pick because where there's smoke, there's fire, and there's real need for this. And it makes sense for them. You know this isn't my favorite player, but the guy we just talked about, J.C. Horn. Mm. Yeah, going to Philadelphia, pick number 12. You know, again, they're going to be running the Seattle scheme. Their defensive coordinator, Gannon, came from the Colts where they just had guys like Xavier Rhodes and things. They like big corners. That's what they want to do. They want right. a guy that can jam at the line of scrimmage and then get back, right? Not let him over the top, got good ball skills, good physicality, going to tackle in the run game, all of that. Again, J.C. Horn's not my favorite corner. But this is one of those, again, where you just talk to too many people in football, everybody's got them pinned to them. So I want to be right, and I'm going to say that they, they, that ends up being – it's like one there's just there's, – there's too much evidence to think that's really the pick. You don't even have him in your top six corners. No, he's not my top six corners. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't mean to be disrespectful that way. But, no, I, again, you've you got to be a burner for me to take you in the top 15 at corner. You've got to be able to be on an island against the elite of the elite. And that's, to me, where I, I don't know if J.C. Horn's meant for that. But for this scheme and what yeah. they're going to do, I understand it. And it makes sense. It certainly fits them better than, than other defensive schemes. You think he had to hold and interfere a little bit too much oh, in college? Oh, that, that would be my biggest worry. I mean, one, he's really big. He's not great in and out of breaks. And he's a walking pass interference call. That would really scare me. Okay. Yeah. All right, so the Eagles. Hey, congratulations, Eagles. Man. You got a walking pass interference call as your – First round pick, number 12. Pass overall. rusher was certainly a possibility that I thought about with them yeah, there. Okay. There was certainly, you know, the quitty pays of the world and that I thought about it definitely with Brandon Graham getting up there in age and, you know, Derek Barnett, who's been good but not great. Uh, uh, so that was another thought for me, too. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, 
The threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. You have no pass rushers yet no, in yes. this draft. Uh, there was, we got Chargers 13. Pete, I don't know if you saw this either. There was a tweet by the Chargers that was deleted that announced a trade up to 11 with uh, the team that was uh, 11, the Giants. I didn't Did know Did you that. know that? No. Did you see that, Pete? That happened today? It was, there was a tweet, yep, that so- the Chargers traded up two spots to 11 and then deleted that tweet. Hmm. Two spots. I saw it just before we started. Oh, now someone says it. Pete's saying it was a fake tweet. Oh, okay. I was trying to think. I was like, what would they – would they be worried about the Giants or the Eagles taking an offensive lineman they like? That was the only thing I I could think of. I got hoodwinked by the fake Twitter. Yeah, Hey, and that was just – I did that to show how easy (laughs) it is to trick people. Yeah. That was a public service. Thanks for doing that. Yeah, that was a public service announcement right now. I just wanted you guys to see. Yeah, thanks. Uh, Just around draft season, careful where your sources are. What a good Samaritan you are. you got to have Pete in your ear to make things right. All right, so the Chargers are staying put, 13. Never uh, doubt that they would do that. Yeah. Uh, who do you have them taking at 13? Well, they're, you know, Herbert's Penny Sewell is off the board, yes. right? Uh, you know, they could say what they want. I know they gave Trey Pipkins, like, a little, like, thing of endorsement, you know, last week. Uh, the franchise is dropping back, okay? He's wearing number 10. He needs to be protected. We're going Christian Darrisaw, oh, Virginia Tech. Yeah. To me, is this is a... Uh, I, I think it's really the best pass-protecting left tackle in the draft. I love Darisaw. Uh, I really do. You know, just a big, strong human being with a nastiness to him, got long arms, and to me had the best anchor out of all the top tackles in the draft. And I'm, I'm big on that. You know, again, you know, that we are seeing the best tackles in football are not these, like, super athlete guys. They're all more like these big, huge human beings where, okay, maybe their foot speed isn't, like, just the most amazing thing in the world, but it's good enough to where guys aren't getting around the edge of them. And the big thing is, like I've said to you so many times, they can handle speed to power or just straight power. 
You know, I worry about those guys that are super athletic, and I think the NFL's learned a little bit from those guys that, yeah, that's great they're super athletic, but their ass is getting put back on the quarterback every time they drop, you know, drop back to pass because he can't anchor in there. Darius saw special like that with really long arms and has room to improve. He's a little raw as far as mechanics and even what they did at Virginia Tech, but, like, got everything you need. I'm, I'm a big Christian Darisaw fan. A number of people would have – Rashawn Slater from yes, Northwestern right. going here. Even some people have him going ahead of Penny Sewell. I know, I know. You're a little I, down on Slater. I'm, I'm a little down. I got Slater coming up here a little okay, while. Right. But, but um, I think my big thing with Slater is I'm not sold on tackle with Slater as I am some of these other guys. I think there is guard possibility there too. And I think that's why I just make him a little less than some of these other guys. All right, so the second offensive lineman off the board – of note, we do have a quarterback still floating around out there. Justin Fields is still out who there. Many thought could go number two is now not gone in right. the first. Will the Bears picks. make a trade up? Maybe. Like the way you look at it right now. Okay, let's just talk. Me and you yes. talking ball here, yeah. right? We're just talking a couple of guys. Couple talking guys ball. talking ball. <laughs> who who right now? Like if you're if you have the draft order in front of you. Yep. Who do you think's gonna like? Who's gonna make a play up for for Justin Fields right at this moment that you think's in that second half of the round? See, this is to me where I got in a little bit of like, I know Chicago at twenty, right? Yeah, that's a thought, right? Mm-hmm. Are they got? Did they? Are they gonna get the green light to draft a quarterback though? You know, I right? Like, is the organization gonna get the? Hey, we might fire you after this year, but go ahead, draft a quarterback for the future for us. Yeah, does that make sense? I don't know if that does. You know, so that's where, listen, I thought about Chicago maybe making a trade-up and doing the Justin Fields thing, but I have a hard time thinking that's going to happen. And I would also think Nagy and them would going to go, we need somebody to help us right now. Like, our asses are hot. Chicago fans are calling for us, like, daily. Yeah. So I, I just wouldn't think – I'd think they'd be scared to go quarterback themselves. I One don't know. guy who has a lot of job security yeah. as a head coach, Mike Tomlin. And the Pittsburgh Steelers so at 24. That's, 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 that's the one that I really perplexed me or made me think. Hmm. There's no doubt about it. And I didn't mean to change the subject. We could talk about this more. Yes. But I just wanted to bring it up because okay. you brought Justin Fields. Because it could Fields. be. People are going to be talking about yeah. this at 14 yeah. if he's still out there. If he's still out there, this will be the talk of the draft, which and, I really think this is a real possibility. And some people will say, well, the Vikings should take him here. Get the next guy from, uh, for Kirk Cousins. And – you would say no. Okay. Don't because Kirk Cousins has been really damn good. He's a borderline top ten quarterback for me, and I think there's other coaches in football that would put him in the top ten. And they built an offense with a special way they're playing right now. They need an offense alignment, and that's where I'm going to go with Elijah Vera Tucker from mm-hmm. USC. Here I am. They need just a guaranteed somebody that can play. Elijah Vera Tucker, I think is a tackle. I think he can play tackle in the NFL. But I also have no doubt that he can be a really good guard. I mean, he's got everything you want there. But, I mean, again, I'm, I'm betting tackle here. But either way, I just look at Minnesota and go, they need an offensive lineman. Somebody that can play. They got Clint Kubiak taking over for Gary Kubiak. They need – they want to run the ball, right, and do their play actions and boots. I mean, it's imperative on what their O-line does up front. If they can't run the ball, their offense is kind of screwed. It's not that good of a drop-back pass offense and those type of things. They have to run it to open up other avenues, you know, and that's the way they're situated. So that I, I thought about pass rusher for them. 
There's a lot of people out there that think Zimmer is hot on Jalen Phillips from Miami. And I could see that happening. I wouldn't be shocked. That's really what I went back and forth with. It was like pass rusher for the Vikings or are they going to go offensive lineman? And I just felt like offensive lineman was just a little too desperate of a need looking at their roster right now uh, for them to pass it up. So I went that route. And you got you got all those weapons offensively. And if you got to have That's time. That's what I mean. You got, right? you you got, got Dalvin Cook. Yeah. You got Jester, Jefferson Thielen. Open up some holes. Give yourself time. That was to my feed thought. The, feed the beast. That was that my thought. Offensively. That, that's, that's where I'm at, too. So, I, I mean, again, I don't know if I'm right, but we'll see where it goes. Right. Elijah Vera Tucker, 14 to the Minnesota Vikings off the board. The tackle. Two tackles in a row. So, now you got 15. The G-Man. Which, which was the Patriots. They traded up to 11 in your scenario to yes. get Jalen Waddell. So, right. now that means the Giants are here at 15. Giants are here at 15. What are they going to do? You know, again, offensive line could be in the conversation. Mm-hmm. But, damn, I mean, they do have Nate Soldier coming back. You know, they did draft a tackle in the top seven last year out of Georgia. And I just don't think it's going to be – they drafted Will Hernandez in the second round a few years ago at the top of the second. So, I'm not going to say it's all – I think it's going to be somebody on the edge of this defense. Some hybrid edge guy. Who's a beast, you know? And I'm, you got to think again. This is New England people. We got to be thinking Bill Achicky in here, right? Okay. And that's where I'm going to go with Patrick Oway from Penn State here. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I'm going Patrick Oway. Wow. I'm a big Patrick Oway fan. First off, I am. And I know first off, people are going to go, "Oh, he doesn't have a lot of sacks." Well, listen, there's a lot of pressures and a lot of like, he would have got to the quarterback if they didn't play a team that did like, you know, read option or RPOs or something like that. College football, listen, you could go four or five games and only get like eight or nine, ten legit pass rush chances. Yes. Like teams don't drop back and take seven-step drops and five-step drops and quarterbacks read field and all that. So I think Owe is more talented than that, let alone he's a freakish athlete. He's a freakish athlete that can do everything. And I just think that's the New England, New York Giants, Joe Judge, Patrick Graham type of guy. Yeah. I know Quiddy pays on the board here, right? But I think, again, what I learned, at least in the New England ways, and even just the Giants, I believe, are this. There is more of a belief with length at the edge on the, uh, for the Giants and the Patriots. Right. They're old school that way. And I don't think Quiddy Pay is long enough for them. I think they're going to more like a Jason away type of football player. Yep. And – yeah, it's a 3-4 scheme, so it's okay. He could play outside linebacker, he could play defense, and he could do so many different things for them. He could stand up for as athletic as he is. He could stand up in the middle of the field on third downs and be a pass coverage linebacker. He could just yeah. do it all. Uh, I, I'm too big of a fan of him. So Yes, and uh, you did, and you said Jason away there at the end. At oh, the beginning Patrick, you said Patrick away. You're right. I don't know why I said that. I, so I, was, my, my, I was like scrambling over here. I was like, his brother is in the draft? I was like, He's got a twin? I didn't know any of that stuff. Damn. I, uh, that's I okay. can't believe I said that. You, you got all these names in your head. We got names all the time. But you did go, I'm a big fan of Patrick away. And I was like, well, <laughs> can't be that big of a fan. I, no. Where did I get that? name from Sertan. Patrick Sertan is in your head still who knows I know I, I wrote it though I have written here Patrick away yeah so again sorry I am blonde and I yeah. didn't play football <laughs> so again sorry to if Jason they do Oway. end up taking Patrick away they'll be like wow one person called <laughs> that never, Chris we never would have saw this <laughs> only Sims had this one all right. it all, everything every nice thing you said though still applies to Jason it Oway. does yes. Jason away okay. Jason away I'm a big fan of his and right. yeah I just think again it's uh like I know 
I have Phillips and Quiddy Pay ranked ahead of him yeah. on my rankings. I get that. But I'm also trying to be right and, you know, and taking into account what teams believe. And I don't think the Giants – I think if, if you put up Pay in a way – all right, yeah. on a board, I just think this is more their belief of a football player as far as the yes. size and measurables. Uh, that's where I come away with a way. Hey, and Jalen Phillips might be too, but Jalen Phillips, as I know, I know. It's tricky. I mean, he's got some medical history and some things there off the field that, you know, I think are, are making some teams question him. I'm going to say the Giants are, are not going to gamble on that. And Dave Gettleman has shown that he is not afraid to make a pick that's not maybe the consensus or reach on a guy if they like him. Yeah. And so uh, it wouldn't be even that much of a reach. Jason away at 15 overall. 16, that is where the Arizona Cardinals are going to pick. And they are going to pick whom? They're a tough one here, all right? You know, why, why is that? Well, just like, okay, corner. They could use a corner, certainly. You know, but they did sign Malcolm Butler. They got Byron Murphy Jr. They, of course, got Buda Baker at safety. Robert Alford's back. So, I mean, I did look at it and go, oh, man, would, would they be thinking corner here? I don't know. Like, I thought of Caleb Farley, maybe. Would they take that risk and do that here for this player? You know, the one thing I came back, you know, O-line is another hot topic with them. Listen, they got a lot of good old – they got a lot of O-linemen. I mean, how many are we going to have? Some of them got to start playing on the field. First off, D.J. Humphreys is one of the better left tackles in football. They just signed Rodney Hudson. They got Justin Pugh at right guard. They drafted Josh Jones in what, the late second, early third last year, you know, at guard? Uh, so he could play guard or tackle. I just think that it's not desperate enough for them to be going O line here, right? So I went and just went like, really, what's what's the one spot I look at and just go, it, it's not good enough if they want to be in the playoffs. And I came away looking kind of like at their interior D line. And this, I'm gonna go Christian Barrymore, Alabama yeah. here, defensive tackle. All right, Vance Joseph has a little three four in his background. He's got a little bit of both, right? But, you know, at base level, first off, they weren't good at stopping the run last year. So let's just start there right yeah. off the bat. It's, it's, like, statistically, it's one of their biggest flaws with their football team. And when you really look at their interior part of their D-lineman, there's no difference makers. No, you know, they have Jordan Phillips, but there are no other, like, true run stoppers or guys that can two-gap and do that type of stuff. And to me – you got an Isaiah Simmons and a Jordan Hicks and a Buda Baker who you like to line up basically at that linebacker position and just say, go get the ball. Right. You got to start having some guys that eat up blockers. Barrymore is really not worthy of the 16th pick in the draft, but he's the, he's the best combination of athletic, two gap, space eater, can do a little bit of everything mm-hmm. in the draft as far as that's concerned. And I think he fits Vance Joseph and what he wants to do on that side of the ball. And I think there's a real need. So I'm going to go Christian Barrymore to the Cardinals. All right. So as we look through 9 through 16, a recap, if you're watching on YouTube, Christian Barmore out of Alabama going 16 overall. That kind of gets into the discussion of, all right, you say he's not worth that pick. How much are teams I know. valuing? I'm just going to take the – whoever falls to me, I'm going to take. Best available. And how many are trying to pinpoint that, that area of need? There's, there's only – for me, two legit 
first-round D tackles. And I just feel like that's why you're going to see someone get overdrafted because they're going to go, wait, I, we have a real need of this position. Yeah. And we can't wait to the second round because it's a tremendous fall from this to that. So, okay, this might be 10, 15 spots too high for the guy, but our need is that big. We'd love to take him 29, but we're not drafting 29. Yeah. But then you can trade back, but that's not always that easy. Well, right? no, it's not always that easy. That, you know, even that here, maybe they would like to trade back at 16. Maybe they can get a team that wants Justin Fields on the board. Maybe right. they can. But if they can't, what else? Who else are people trading up for at this point right now? That's the big question I get to in this part of the draft. You know, to me, the guys that you're trading up for are two guys that we just mentioned, but they have medicals. That's Caleb Farley and Jalen Phillips. They're the talent you trade up for, but the medicals, it's going to be all over the place with certain teams. So I don't know where that goes. So we get into the second half of the first round. Justin Fields still on the board. John Gruden and the Las Vegas Raiders love their offensive weapons. He loves offensive weapons. Yes, he does. Their defense has been awful, awful for many, many years. What would Justin Fields do in a John Gruden offense? Is that where you're <laughs> Is going? Is this what you're going to say with every pick now? I don't know. Justin Fields to this team. <laughs> you brought him up again, so <laughs> I got know. me thinking about no. him again. Um, <laughs> but that will be the time. If he is still alive, oh. the whole draft will be oh. about Justin and, Fields. Well, Gruden, it will be. You're right. That's gonna, all we're going to talk about. Gruden, so psycho, too. He'd be like, man, Justin Fields is on the board. Have you seen that guy with his shirt off? I should draft him. <laughs> he'll be, he'll be, he will be, like, literally, like, I can't believe it. Um, but – you know, the Raiders, you know, here's an, like defense. It's got to be defense. It's got to be. You know, I know that their offensive line has been switched around. Listen, they didn't let all these guys on the offensive line go and just go, well, we'll figure it out in the draft and just we'll try to. No, they're, they're, they're good on the offensive line already. They have guys coming up the ranks they like. They've signed a few guys. They re-signed their left tackle to a big deal. You know, I, I don't think it's going to be O-line here. It's got to be D. It's got to be D. And... To me, it's one position, and that's linebacker. And this is where I'm going, Jeremiah Wusukoromoa. Yeah. Yeah, it's just there's too many things. You know, and originally when I first did the draft here, I had them trading up because, you know, once, like, once Micah Parsons went off, I went like, ooh, the Raiders are going to be nervous because they're going to go, wait, this is the next guy that fits our linebacking scheme and the way we want to play. But I don't know if there's anybody in front of them that's really scary to take him off the board before them. So I left him at, at 17 mm-hmm. here, taking Owusu Kormo. But he fits. This is Seattle's scheme. Seattle wants fast linebackers, right? They want this guy. Owusu Koromoa, you know, he could be Fred Warner or Darius Leonard or that kind of guy, right? I mean, I, I said he could be that guy or he could be, um, you know, the, the, the damn Derwin James, I mean, yeah. it's really – and I don't know, people – like, I said that to a few people, and they're like, well, I want to know whether he can do one or the other. I, it doesn't matter to me there. They're both six feet off the ball, and it's like, go get the ball. And, yeah, they'll have a few different rules as far as what they're supposed to do in the pass game. But they have to have a difference-making linebacker on their team. Gus Bradley took over, right? He came from the Chargers. He's going to run the Seattle scheme, and they need speed at linebacker. I mean, their whole front seven, they need everything there. And maybe they would think about going pass rush here. You know, but this, so maybe a Jalen Phillips is in play. But I think the one that makes the most sense to me is Jeremiah Wusukoromoa. If that pick actually happens, that'll be one of the picks where we come back after the draft. You go, I love that pick. They got great value getting him. 
that late in the first round. Uh, I, I know. I wonder if he goes early, earlier Maybe. at yeah. times just because, like again, a lot. yeah, I know. He's, he's talented. He really is, and he really fits that scheme. Going to the Raiders, helping him out on defense. Back to Miami at 18. You had them taking Devontae Smith, the Heisman Trophy winner at number six overall. Do you have him going defense at 18? I'm going defense here, and I'm, this is where I'm going to go with Quiddy Pay. I am okay. going to go Quiddy Pay here. You know, of course, it came down to, again, with them, I mean, again, is Jalen Phillips in this conversation? They certainly got a firsthand look at Jalen Phillips being from Miami, right? Um, so that's where I, I did think about that. But, again, yeah, there's maybe the risks there and everything like that. But, you know, Miami's roster is pretty well orchestrated. It really is. And this is really about the only position you can look at to go, yeah, all right, they could use a real difference maker here to do something like that. The interior D-line set up. You know, they got some good stand-up linebackers in the middle of the defense. They got Emmanuel Ogba on one side. And now you get a guy like Quiddy Pay who can be, yeah, legit. Hey, it's nickel. He can rush off the edge. But he's going to be able, again, to be that hybrid He's going to do like what Matthew Judon's going to do for the Patriots up there. Just a little bit of everything, mm-hmm. but a disruptor. And there's no physical weakness to this guy at all. He does everything at a high level. I don't think he's a really high-level special pass rusher, but he's a high-level edge rusher who's going to always dance around eight and ten sacks for his career. I, I don't think it's ever going to be 15 sacks or anything like that. He's not yeah. long enough to be that kind of guy for, for my money. But I think a really awesome player, Disruptive, is his middle name, uh, Quiddy Pay at 18. First player from the University of Michigan going off the board. I'm trying to look if there are any Big Ten players. Oh, yeah, Penn State. Penn State, we got them, right? Let's see, we missing anybody is else? Is that it? No, that so might far, be it right now. F- I think you're right. Second Big oh, well, Ten player. Oh, well, we got, you know, away. Away, yeah. Oh, that's yeah, we the, got two yeah. Penn States. Yeah, we got two Penn States. Duh. <laughs> yes, yeah, correct. Uh, okay, so that was 18. Uh, Oh, maybe. He's Patrick, Patrick Omame. Omame. That's probably what I am thinking of. He, you mind. might be exactly right. Uh, so we're up to 19 now. 19. In your mock draft. We're getting the names straight. And this would have been Washington's pick. Yes. Had they known they could just stay there and get Justin Fields, maybe they would have done that instead of trading up, as you predict, into the first round to get Trey Lance at number eight. That trade gives Carolina the number 19 pick, correct? Number 19 pick. Okay. Carolina's got... Went all defense last year. All defense last year. Carolina, again, is another one of those teams where you look at it and you go, man, let me put a mark next to this team. Watch out for Carolina this next year. I would be shocked if they're not in the, in the running for things come late December. I really would be the way they're set up. First off, you know, O-line, I know there's, there's some need there. They have a franchise tackle in Taylor Moten. You know, they drafted Greg Little just a few years back. I got to think they're going to get him to play left tackle this year. I don't know. I don't look at this as going, oh, they're going to go tackle here. To me, the biggest glaring weakness of the Carolina Panthers is corner. That is it. Mm. And I think this is where we see him come off the board. Caleb Farley. Mm. I think this is where it's just going to be the the Panthers are going to, I mean, I would think they're just going to look at this and go, wait, we need a corner. We're sitting here with a guy like this, this talented, you know. Yeah, it's risky with the medical stuff like we talked about. But If he wasn't hurt, if he didn't have the If he wasn't hurt, like I said, he is top three, top five pick material. Like, to me, 
him between Akuda last year, it's they're not they're not even on the same planet. Yeah. You no, know, I mean I you know I wasn't an Akuda fan, but th- this is as special as I've seen come out since Jalen Ramsey. That's what I've said. He's that kind of guy. So I just don't think Carolina will be able to pass it up. And they do like length and things like that, and I think they're going to like this type of corner for their scheme and everything. I hope he can stay healthy, and I hope he is healthy as much as I've heard you talk about him. Caleb Farley, Virginia Tech. It'd be the second Virginia Tech player to go in the top 19. You got Derisaw going 13 to the Chargers. Uh, Farley, 19 to Carolina after trading back. So 20, you got the Bears. The Bears. You got Justin Fields still out there. I know. As the draft continues to go, you, you are skeptical whether they are going to have license to draft a quarterback. Yeah. That wouldn't change if it was top 10 or 20, I would, I would assume. So what do you think they do? I, I, I don't think they're going to do it. I don't. Uh, uh, so this is where I'm going to go with the offensive lineman. I think this is where you see Rashawn Slater, a guy that they're going to have great knowledge of, or, you know, of course, being in Chicago yeah. and Northwestern and all that. But – you know, again, this is a team that needs legitimate offensive lineman help. And Slater, yeah, you draft him to be the tackle. I think he could be a better guard. Like I said, I'm not sold on the tackle aspect of him. But either way, you're getting a guy that you know is going to be able to play for you for a long time. And I think, of course, they are going to try him, you know, at, at tackle, of course. You know, but that, that's going to be the big thing. I mean, the Bears, to me, that is by far their biggest need on their football team. The O-line has been an issue the last few years. You know, interior-wise, I think they can, you know, figure it out as far as what they want to do there. You know, you got James Daniels, you got Cody Whitehair, um, and I'm missing uh, – and they could have Jermaine Effetti on the inside, and now you have a Leno and a Slater on the outside. I, I think that makes a lot of sense to me. So that's where I'm go- – that's why I'm going O-line for them. Yeah. No matter who they pick, yeah. as a Detroit Lions fan, yeah. I you hope it doesn't horrible. work out. I, I hope it doesn't do. work out. I know. That's the only team I'd ever say that against. <laughs> and I don't really mean that, but I kind of do. No, you do. You do. You say it in such a too. nice, char- charming way that yes. it's not as mean. But yes. it's the only, like, even slight bit of hate I've ever heard come out of you is with the Bears. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know if you call it hate. Yeah. It's probably unhealthy. It's I the nicest hate a, I've ever seen. I should probably get it looked at. Yeah, right, yeah, so. you should get it looked at. So you got the Bears going Slater. They'd be happy with that. I think to, so. To 20. I'll be um, interested to see how these old linemen play out. Yes. You know, because I, 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 you know, again, you, you know how I like them, and I, I have a few friends in football who course see it a few a little different ways too I think it, uh, everyone's got these guys ranked a little differently so then you got 21 you got the Colts got Carson Wentz over there now you're going to protect him you're going to give him a defense what are you going to do offensive line is definitely a thought right I mean because Man, how had, quickly things change right I, it was the strongest unit and it I still know. is it's He's still a good, good unit right right if you have one hole it's what what is the chain analogy you're only as strong as your weakest link right right very well said very well said. yeah so no anthony costanza everybody thinks you know oh it's got to be a tackle here I, I i you know maybe okay maybe but i don't think it's going to be the guy they're looking for and still let's not forget the offensive line is still real good there even without the left tackle definitive answer there yet it's still a really good unit and like we've talked about too it's a pretty deep class with old linemen yeah I know there's some that are like the elite and we've kind of hit all of them mm-hmm. you know but there's still a lot of good to be filled in after that I think here they can't pass it up 
I'm going with the other freak, the other top ten pick that's not in – and that's Jalen Phillips. I, I, I just think – you know, I know Chris Ballard has a history of, you know, being really critical of um, anybody with medicals or things like that. Um, but, man, Jalen Phillips is a top five talent for my money, and he is clearly the best edge pass rusher in the draft. And I just think if he's sitting there on 21 – and I know teams have had – have dropped him already. I know that. I, I think there is a real possibility he's here on the board, and I just don't think Chris Ballard's going to be able to pass him up. I don't. Man, you you put him in on that edge now with that defense, because that defense has got just about everything already. That's the only thing they're missing is a real, true, like, what are you going to do with this pass rusher guy? And that puts them over the hump and legitimately gives them a Super Bowl defense. The team right after them – could use some defensive help. Yeah. The Tennessee Titans at 22, maybe they'll be mad about that pick of Jalen Phillips right ahead of them. Yeah, and I, and I thought about that, you know, that aspect. But, you know, again, let's think about the offseason. They, they signed Bud Dupree, right? Yeah. So there's an edge guy. They signed Danico Autry, who plays defensive end slash can go inside as a smaller defensive tackle. So I'm thinking, like, with those moves – They've taken themselves out of the edge guy, right, as far as that's concerned. Plus, I don't know if there's an edge guy that, you know, fancies them right now. When I look at the Tennessee Titans, you know, they've had some, some losses on the offensive line. And their team is predicated on their offensive line and running the football and doing those things. And that's where I'm going to go with big Tevin Jenkins from Oklahoma State. Hmm. Road grader. Mean, nasty, right tackle, and they have a need at right tackle. And to me, the, the guy, Tevin Jenkins reminded me a lot of Jack Conklin, who they drafted in the top ten just you know four or five years ago now, who's now in the Cleveland Browns. But I think he kind of fits that mold and allows them, again, to just go like, oh, yeah, we're running the ball. So what, uh, you know it? Great. You can't, we're going to block you, and you can't tackle this big sucker. Uh, I, I just think that, that he's too good of a player for them to pass up right here. So offensive linemen going off the board here and two of the last three picks for you. We got back to the Jets at 23 who took Zach Wilson with yep. the number two overall pick. If they were thinking about protecting him with an offensive lineman, maybe less talent off the board at this point. I know. What do they do? Yeah, I mean, offensive linemen was a thought. Mm-hmm. They've addressed some of that stuff, though, in the offseason. Of course, Becton last year. drafted him last year, right? You know, wide receiver, I thought about that a little. Do they want to just give him one more weapon? Yeah. Uh, but, you know, they drafted Denzel Mims last year. They got Jamison Crowder, and they just signed Corey Davis. So I would be like – so it came down to me for, like, edge guy and corner, right? And I think this is a defensive staff that doesn't look at it like – I think, you know, they're, they're, they, they know they play zone. I don't think they're going to go out on a limb and go, oh, we need to have a top-flight corner here. Mm-hmm. I don't. I mean, Robert Sala, you know, came from a defense where just two years ago they were the number one defense in football, and he didn't have a top-flight man-to-man corner. I know Richard Sherman played well that year, but, you know, again, he wasn't like a man-to-man shutdown guy. I'm going to have them go in with Joe Tryon from the University of Washington right okay. here. As a defensive end, wide nine, Yannick Ngakwe, D-forward type of edge guy. That's what he is. He's either the, he's a true speed rusher or like a stand-up linebacker for me. In fact, if anybody listened to my edge rankings, 
you know, yeah, I didn't put him in my top five edge guys because I said he was a Vic, Be- Vic Beasley, Bruce Irving type of football player, you know, to where, yeah, it's a defense end, but he's a stand-up linebacker too, not sure what he is. But either way, there's a lack of legit edge pass rushers, especially speed ones. Tryon just has too many elite traits, I think, to be left off the board. And I think he's going to fit exactly what they want. I mean, Tryon, you know, the athlete's the real deal. The pass rusher is the thing I didn't love. Like, lack of moves, wish, you know, wish I saw a little bit better bend from the guy. But the athlete is real. And I think he is too good of an athlete to where, yeah, he's going to get picked at some point this, this part of the round. Immediately cut to Jets fan being like, What? Who is it? I didn't even know. I know, know. he didn't play last year. I know. I know. He's, Looking on their draft board. Like, I don't even see him here. Yeah. Well, they're just going to – this is one that, you know, again, it's a scheme fit, you know, and, again, yeah. you just look at any of these teams, like the, the Seattle scheme, they always have – this is going to be their, you know, get wide, get upfield, be disruptive, cause havoc. Tryon can do that. He is an elite athlete. Hovers around 260 pounds, and I think they're going to look at it and go, eh, I think we could teach him some pass rush moves and he'll be just fine. It is funny. I mean, this is the part of the first round where that does happen. If you remember years past, we're all a little fatigued. It's, it's been longer than you always think. It like, takes forever for these picks to go all the way through. The first 10 or so are like, yeah, we all know these players, and wow, he went a little higher than we thought. Yeah. You get down to the end of the first round, there really are some wide disparities in how teams see some of these players, isn't it? Definitely. Definitely disparity. Also, teams are going to just go, wait, you know, hey, we're getting desperate here. You know, the guys that we have, you know, in the area of elite edge rushers are dwindling away here. So, yeah, maybe, you know, we didn't think we'd have to do this right now, but okay. he's When do we pick again? We got Right. All right. We got to do it now. Right. I mean, yes, yes. I mean, again, at the end of the first round, yeah, you see some busts too at times because you do just – you draft a little bit on the elite aspects of a player and, ooh, what he might be able to be is exciting, even though there's these negative things that are, you know, a little questionable too. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Then it brings up number 24. I know. The Pittsburgh Steelers with their pick in the first round. I, and then listen, I thought about Justin Fields here. I didn't do it. Oh. I didn't do it, I know. 
And this is real. Like, he's dropping like a rock in the Chris Sims mock draft. It is. I know. Sorry, Justin. I just look at, like, Fields. I, I, this is where I came to. I could certainly see Pittsburgh liking him, wanting him, everything sure. like that. I just got into the, like, I don't know. It's Ben Roethlisberger. I think this is his last year. They're going to want to – I think they're looking at it like, hey, we're in a little window here. Let's try to make it work one more year for Big Ben and company and play this – go in all in on this style of football, which I think they're going to get – I think they're going to do like what we talked about. You're going to see them getting to run the ball. Let's protect it up. Big Ben, Tom Brady, Buccaneer style of football. I, I really think that's what you're going to try to see them do. And that's where I'm going to go offensive line here. I'm going to go Landon Dickerson the center from Alabama. I mean, to me, this is the best interior offensive lineman in the draft. I mean, he is, he is, a, he is a Pro Bowl-type center. I know he's got the torn ACL. You know, from people I've talked to, there's not a lot of, like, people think he's going to be okay for the start of the season. Yeah, he's doing cartwheels and right. uh, yeah, he's doing all that behind stuff. Mac right. Jones. So we'll see. He's a little bit of an injury risk that way. But, man, as a pure player – he is phenomenal, and their lost mark, the Pouncey, one of the Pouncey twins, of course, to retirement. Yeah, you know, to me, it's a real need, and, and can get them back to a little bit more of a physical brand on football on right. the offensive side. Take a pause. Yeah. Let's uh, recap seventeen through twenty-four. Looks like we got uh, a couple offensive, three offensive linemen, and then you got four defenders, three edge guys. You got a corner and a linebacker in Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa from Notre Dame at seventeen to the Raiders, which I like that pick. All good players. We'll see how many of those Chris gets right. I'm going to grade you on all these. I, Please. What if it's the first time ever that someone gets all 32? I, Wouldn't I mean, that be amazing? I was dreaming of that when I was doing it. I was just <laughs> dreaming of the accolades you know, I would I, get. I, I like, can't see how they won't pick this guy. Sims is amazing. <laughs> He's 20 for 20. It would be the biggest thing in both of our lives if you were to get all 32 picks right. Yes. I hope it happens. <laughs> 25, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Pete says he would retire. I might, too. Uh, they took uh, Trevor Lawrence, number one. Who do you think they take 25? I'm going to go with Levi Onzerike okay. from Washington. My favorite defensive tackle in this draft. I am. You know, again, the, hey, Jacksonville did a pretty good job in free agency. You know, they, they really they've, – they've, you look at their team as a whole and go, okay, there's not like one glaring spot. You know, offensive line, again, I think you could certainly talk about that a little bit. Maybe the tackle position. The other, I don't know how they feel about Jawan Taylor, who kind of fell to them a few years ago, but it wasn't, like, great from him last year. So I did think about that aspect. But really I got into, like, you know, one, um, they have Trent Baalke as their GM. Yeah. You know, Baalke is a believer in, like he did with the 49ers. It's big, big people. It's Bill Parcell's school of, of coaching. Long arms, yeah, big people. Yeah, big people. When in doubt, go with the bigger guy. You know, they have a, their defensive coordinator, Joe Cullen. He comes from Baltimore. Guess what they have on the D-line where he was the D-line coach? Guess what they have? Big guys, right, big people. Right, right. I just got to think they're looking at it going, wait, yeah, but we don't really have a, anything special in the interior part. Taven Bryan's been sort of a bust to this point. Yeah, they signed Malcolm Brown and free agency from the Saints. But, you know, again, that's, that's not like a superstar. 
where I look at Onzerike is he can do everything. Disruptor, two-gap, do it all at 290 pounds. And I think there's a real need for somebody like that in the middle of this defense. I love Onzerike. I mean, he was one of my favorite players on the defensive side of the ball. Opted out again, and he's one of those yeah. guys. But, man, the film, it pops. So that is the second pick for the Jaguars in the first round, which leads us to the first pick, the only pick, the Cleveland Browns at number 26. I, I, if Onzerike was on the board for the Browns, I think there's a real chance they could think of that. I do. You know, I look at the Browns, and I, I had a tough time with them here. I did. Hmm. I ultimately go with Zavin Collins from Tulsa. Okay. And this might be out of the mold of what they really want. But, you know, middle linebacker, You've heard me talk about it. It's so important to this scheme. You know, whether it's Miles Jack or, you know, uh, Bobby Wagner or Fred Warner or Darius Leonard. You know, it's, it's, it's Deion Jones and Atlanta. It's all yeah. the same defensive sc- scheme. They got to have that athletic guy that, yeah, can run sideline to sideline, but also gets asked for a middle linebacker to do some pretty interesting things in their zone coverages to where you got to be athletic. I'm going with Zayvon Collins, who's bigger than the traditional type of guy that this defensive scheme would like. But the athlete is too special. I mean, that's where I just keep coming back to it, going, man, we're, it's 6'4", it's right around 260, and I know that you know Bobby Wagner's 240-something or like that, but this is a guy that kind of moves just as well as those guys. I mean, he really can run. He's great in, like, the ability to drop in zones with his long arms and open his hips and do all that type of stuff. So I, I came away looking at, first off, I'm a big fan of Zayvon Collins, but second off with the Browns, you know, that to me was the biggest need for their mm-hmm. football team, other than maybe that disruptive three technique, which when Son Zarike leaves, I just think this is where they go. So I'm going Zayvon Collins, Tulsa. And it's probably the ones that I'm probably the least confident in in my yeah. whole draft here. One of the best players in college uh, last year, linebacker Phenomenal. of the year, had a really good season for Tulsa. Zayvon Collins off the board at 26. Now the rival, the Ravens. You already talked about them a little bit. They like big dudes. They get two picks here in the first round after yeah. the trade with the Chiefs, right. 27 and 31. What do you think they're thinking at 27? I, I got to think they're thinking about, like, they've lost Zadarius Smith and Matthew Judon mm-hmm. over the last few years, right? They've lost Yannick Ngakwe, right, who they had. Yep. I got to think they're thinking some sort of edge presence here, and that's where I'm going to go with Aziz Ojulari from, from the Georgia Bulldogs. You know, he's that kind of guy. You know, he is a Matthew Judon, Zadarius Smith type guy. It's not like a true, ooh, sexy edge pass rusher that you're going to expect, you know, oh, he could just come off the edge and get 14 sacks a year. He might have a year where he gets 14 sacks a year, but it's not like the way we think about it. It's going to be through blitzes and hustling and doing those things. But he's just a physical strength specimen, and that's what Baltimore does. They pillage the biggest, baddest dudes on the planet. And one of the things I love about Ojolari is, like, he loses no physical battles ever. Yeah, I wish there was a little bit more with his first step and his pass rush ability, but he's going to be able to drop into coverage with their scheme and – He's going to be able to take on pulling guards or offensive tackles in the run game and be totally fine that way. So I think there's a real need for the position on the football team, and he's their type of guy, SEC 
outside linebacker. Mm -hmm. Welcome to the biggest, baddest dudes on the planet. And that's what Baltimore does. I think a lot of people agree with him and his impact potential. There are going to be some people at the end of the first round. You've already heard from some teams that yeah. say, we only have grades, first-round grades on like 20 guys or 15 guys. And so you'll get to the end of the first round and be like, he's not a first-round guy. Well, maybe that's right. It could be true. I know. You've got to pick someone. I don't think he's a first-round guy either. Yeah. I don't. But, again, I think when you take the need and the lack of like high-end talent at the position this year and all of that, yeah, I think, I think you're going to see a lot of that. You know, how many times during the ranking process did I say, this guy's somewhere, you know, 25 through 45. Yeah. 25 through 40. And then I got done with the draft and get done with it in totality. And I wish I could go back and go, you know, some of those guys I said 25 for 45. Yeah. I shouldn't have said that. I should have made it probably bigger and kind of gone like, he could go anywhere from 25 to 60. Yeah. Because there's just a lot of those guys in the draft with not as many – to your point, top 20 talent type yeah. guys in this draft. Because you ended up having 125 guys in your 25 to 40. <laughs> exactly. Like, it's not going to fit. Exactly. It's not going to fit. You need a bigger boat. Uh, 28, the New Orleans Saints. Booyah, the Saints. All right. They have the one glaring need that's bigger than any. Corner, corner, and corner. Okay. All right. They've lost Janoris Jenkins. Um, they lost somebody else, too, that I'm blanking out on. But either way, they have a need. And why? Because... They play man-to-man a lot. I mean, the Saints are aggressive, in-your-face, island-type corners. That's why they drafted Marshawn Lattimore in the top 11, all right? So I'm going Tyson Campbell from New Orleans here. I was actually pissed off. I saw Peter King had Tyson Campbell going to New Orleans, and I was like, what? I mean, I thought I was the only guy that was going to have some sort of pick like that with Tyson Campbell. To me, Tyson Campbell is the second-best man-to-man corner in the draft mm. behind Caleb Farley, as you've heard me say. And I just think, man, you put him on that team, uh, Marshawn Lattimore, hey, they'll be able to match up with the Bucks or those two receivers of the Carolina Panthers. It's a real need for their football team, and I'm a huge Tyson Campbell fan. And I think this is realistic, too. I do think that he is being looked at right here in this area. Really? I do. So we'll see. I know there's the kid from Northwestern on the board that everybody loves, not me. Newsome. Yeah, Newsome. You know, the Kentucky kids on the board, Joseph. You know, there's going to be a few guys that I know are popular in other mock drafts. But for me. But you think him specifically. I'm a big Tyson Campbell what fan. What he does. I think it fits what they're going to like, too. Okay. Uh, yep. All right. So a bit of a surprise at number 28, Tyson Campbell, corner out of Georgia to the Saints. 29, the Green Bay Packers. Ooh, baby. Corner's a possibility with them. Okay. All right. I mean. Uh, Something's brewing over. Something's brewing well, over here. There's some things here, like corner I thought about. All right. Uh -huh. There's a new defense here. Guess what scheme they're running? Seattle. Right. I mean, the whole fucking league's running Seattle scheme. Yeah. So Joe Barry's there. Joe Barry will have some mixture in his scheme. I don't think it's going to be just total Seattle, Seattle, Seattle. Um, I would think that, you know, a linebacker or something would be something they're looking for that fit that scheme for mm -hmm. themselves. They do have some faster type of guys. The kid Barnes they got from UCLA, uh, Owen Burks from Vanderbilt, can fit that mold. I just you, don't know if anybody fits that value right there for me. You know what? What? Uh, you know what Aaron Rodgers is saying. Oh, you know what Aaron yeah. Rodgers is saying. He goes, uh, and I think this in will the form be of a question, though. He's yes. Saying, you know, what is a wide receiver? What is I would like Hopefully some talent. Hopefully, your first round draft pick. What yeah. is I would like some talent? Okay, that's <laughs> yeah. what he's saying, and I'm going with it. 
You I are. am. I am. You want to get, I'm going with Kadarius Tony. Okay. All right. Kadarius Tony, Florida, too explosive to pass up. I mean, for me, as a first round talent, he's a freak of nature, Kadarius Tony. He really is. And I just look at Green Bay and go, I mean, as we've said before, like, they need, to ha- they need somebody that can make big plays for them, other than Rodgers throwing perfect passes and doing that. You know, Aaron Jones is a big play running back. We know that. Devontae Adams is not necessarily a big play receiver. He's, to me, more of like intermediate and just will kill you that way. But I guess what I'm looking at here is Kadarius Toney, yeah, he's still a little raw running routes. But the speed, his ability to break tackles, his ability to break ankles, all of that, I'm looking at this as more of like a Debo Samuel type guy for their team now, right? So, yeah, you got to worry about Rodgers and the run game and the play action passes. And now you got to worry about this fucker coming around the edge on speeds and toss sweeps and reverses and everything like that, too. And I, I, you know. I, I, that's been my complaint with them, is they need another weapon to scare you. It can't always be on Aaron Rodgers making everything look perfect. Uh, so hopefully this takes the pressure off him. Kadarius Tony. And they, go, and they go, you happy now? They go, you happy? We got you uh, I thought a wide receiver. Will you stick around now for a while? I thought about De'Ami Brown. Yeah. You know, because, you know, I'm a huge De'Ami Brown fan. And... He would fit what – I mean, again, there are huge slants and goes and post teams. And De'Ami Brown, I mean, that's his negative is that's all he ran in college. That's all people – so he would right. fit that. But they do have a Marquez Valdez-Scantling who's not De'Ami Brown. I just want to make that clear. But, but similar in mold. Right, exactly right. So I would think they'd stay with that, that, that there. And now you add a guy like this who's, you know, like I said, your gadget guy, your weapon guy who can do a lot of different stuff, uh, makes sense to me at least. Pete notes right here, last two offensive skill position players drafted by Green Bay in round one, Aaron Rodgers, and last year, Jordan Love. So this would be the third in a row. Well, since wow. for a long time. Haven't given him a whole lot of weapons, at least through the draft. Well, this year was the first year ever he threw a touchdown pass to a first-round pick, right? <laughs> that, yeah. that was uh, He threw it to Mercedes Lewis. I think it was the first time in his career – yeah. He threw a first-round pick. He might have been better with, with first-round wide receivers around him. Even better. Go figure. Yes. So we have three picks left. Yep. Buffalo Bills at number 30. Yeah. Bills, I thought about corner. To me, it's corner or edge guy. Yeah. All right? Corner or edge guy. Now, they're not a huge man-to-man football team. This is maybe where the Northwestern guy could come into play because, again, I don't think he's the best man-to-man cover corner, but I could certainly see a Sean McDermott liking him. Yeah. But I'm going to go with Gregory Rousseau. From okay. Miami here, all right? You know, and I, I have not had the greatest history with players like Rousseau, who are kind of long and maybe not like just in-your-face explosive because it's a little deceiving because of their length and their long steps and everything like that. But I think nonetheless, there's such a need here for this football team. You know, and he does a little He's got great size. Yeah, you'll be able to kick him inside every now and then. But really the big thing is will be him coming off the edge and being a true pass rusher. And they don't, you know, Hughes is getting up there in age. Mario Addison wasn't great. They don't have any, they don't have that guy. Right. And so where I don't look at Rousseau as a top 30 pick, again, it's one of those where there's just not a lot of humans on earth that are like him. Yeah. And he killed it in his pro day, and there's a great need there for the position. And I think that, for my money, it's a little bit overdrafting, but it makes sense for them, and I get it. All right, so Bills at 30, 
Rousseau out of Miami. So that means we just have two more picks left here. Can you believe it? Uh, Ravens second pick in this first round, and then the Bucks picking last. And I will note once again, Justin Fields still on the board in the Chris Sims mock draft. And we're at pick number 31. What do you got the Ravens Lamar doing? Jackson was picked at 32. That's true. Right? So... All right, the Ravens are – This is. I don't a, think they're taking Justin Fields. No, there's, there's a tough one here. I mean, listen, I thought there was a part of me here that, like, when I wasn't sure what the Bills would do, I'd go, man, would the Ravens go Ojolari and take Gregory Rousseau if Rousseau was there on the board, right? I mean, I, I wasn't sure where to go here. You know, now, of course, the, the common thought is offensive line because they traded mm. away Orlando Brown, right, yeah. and all that. It's not desperate. They got enough O-linemen there to still make it work with what they got. Like, they're not – but I still come back to O-line for them. I do. And I'm going to go with Alex Leatherwood from Alabama here. Okay. To be the 31st pick of the draft. You know, and Leatherwood, I'll, I'll be the first – as you've heard me say, and I'll be the first to say, it wasn't the best year as far as pass protecting for him in a lot of ways. But, man, when he was on his game, it's special. He has everything you want. And let alone, here's the biggest thing, too. I mean, like, uh, if it doesn't work a tackle, okay, he's going to be one of the better guards in football. That was what I would bet on. I would. And Baltimore, you know, like we were talking about with the Tennessee Titans before, it's just their team's predicated on that run game and their ability to dominate people up there. And Leatherwood, even though it wasn't the best all year last year, Baltimore's a team that's still – they're going to get – it's going to be somebody – if they're going to pick an old lineman, it's going to be one of the biggest, nastiest dudes. Again, they pillage the nastiest dudes on the planet. That's what mm-hmm. Baltimore does. I think they have a sign in their facility saying, nasty. we only pillage you unless you're nasty <laughs> and a giant human being. Yeah. And to me, I know there's some other maybe more polished tackles out there still available and things like this. This is just this – is, this is Baltimore written all over it for mm-hmm. me okay. with a Leatherwood guy. All right. I you- think they will try to make him a right tackle. And see where it goes from there. You got the wild card, the Walker Little guy that you talked a lot about. I know. I, I know. Walker Little is another guy where. If a team thinks. Like, he hasn't played really since 2019. I know. And he didn't play much. And I mean, and he's, a, he's a top 20 tackle. He's a top 20 tackle. But it's how much you're going to roll the dice. Exactly at right. At the end of the first exactly round. Exactly right. You know, him, Rondell Moore, who we talked about early on in the wide receiver. is another guy. Yeah. I mean, Rondell Moore's a first round pick. If you look at his freshman film, yeah. but are you going to risk two years of him not being real good? And there's some elite. He's got three rockets up his ass, so I understand it. But that, that's the interesting thing about this draft. And then the final pick, Mr. Irrelevant of the first round, is number 32, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom Brady is not going to play forever. Think I got a trade, or you think I'm letting the Bucs do it? I think you're trading. I think you're trading out of this pick. I'm going Bucks take Justin Fields at 32. Bucks got everything. They do. They got there's no need on their football team. And I just again, I didn't like go into this with a preconceived notion of like I'm going to leave Justin Fields for 32. Yeah. I didn't do that. You know how I do this. I want to be right. I tried to use logic, you know. I know it's not my big board. But I went for, wait, this team needs these kind of players or this GM likes it. So I went that way. Mm-hmm. And as I tried to do it fair, yeah, I mean, you heard. We, we organically talked about the teams that we thought maybe could be in it. I don't know. But I just, I, I, in my, as you could tell, I could see this happening. And if he's there, they're going to take him. Because they're going to they're go, great, this is perfect for you. Learn from Tom Brady, you know. 
get some of the polish. Shit, Brady will be able to teach him some of the mechanical stuff. And then, oh, Brady wants to retire? Great, we got our guy, and he can take off. If that is the end of the night, that'll be the greatest draft show, three-hour, four-hour show, however long it goes, if that, happens, that we've ever had. Uh, if it happens at the end of the night, I'm, I'm dropping the mic, and I'm not coming into work the next day. <laughs> I'm just going, nope, sorry, okay. guys, I called it. <laughs> so you've gone through this, and so this is your best, you know, guess and trying to get, yeah. you know, read people's mind, your own evaluations. But it seems so unlikely that if Justin Fields is falling and falling and falling, that at some point in the twenties, some team I know doesn't right. just trade up into the twenties. That's, that's where twenties. That's where. I, and listen, I, I thought of that. So let's let's talk about that, yeah. right? Like, would Atlanta maybe do that? You know, would the Denver, right. would they sit there, you know, and the, the, their pick, what, 41? We didn't like him at 9, but now that he's 20-something. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Or, yeah, right. We're at 41. Maybe we try to get up to 29 or 28 to get him. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, I know I have my concerns about him. I know there's other teams that have the, the concerns about him. And the two teams, you know, the Bears, I don't know if they have that green light like we talked about. And I got Washington making the play for Trey Lance. Mm-hmm. So that's where it got dicey. And uh, we'll I see mean, where it goes. That is the, the interesting thing is you do run out of destinations after you, a while, especially at the quarterback position. You start to go back to the end of the first round. And once you got past Pittsburgh, I just started to go back to Atlanta. Yeah. And I started going back to Detroit. Yeah. And I went back to Denver. And I went, well, okay, maybe will they make the move. Maybe that's what happens. I don't know. You know, but um, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how I do. Uh, with this mock I hope it's here. 32 for 32. So here's how the final tally shakes out for you. You had seven offensive linemen. You had six edge rushers. That's a lot. Five quarterbacks, four wide receivers, uh, a corner. Uh, how many? Oh, four, four corners, too. Yeah, you four had three corners. linebackers, yep. two defensive tackles. You had one tight end. You had zero running backs, zero safeties. Yeah. You've said that when you did your running back rankings. You don't think that any are worthy of going in the first round. You don't also don't think any are going to go in the no, first round. No, I don't. I don't. You know, like, I, I, if you made me pick one running back, I would say ATN. Yeah. I, I mean, again, I, I, I've seen people, like, mock, you know, Najee Harris, the, the Steelers. You know, to, that to me is too high. I, I, you know, like, ATN, you know, to the Bills – I thought about that maybe. They're a team that could use a, a running back. Mm-hmm. You know, would the Steelers go there? I don't know. Um, but I don't expect a running back to be taken in the first round. Okay. I don't. And what was the other one you said there that I wanted to comment on? Um, no safeties, six oh, edge. Oh, safeties. No safeties. You know, I know I'm, I'm in the minority again with, with the kid from TCU. Morig, Trevor oh, Morig. Yeah. Tra- yeah, Marig. Trayvon Mor- Merrig. Merrig, excuse yeah. me. Yeah. Um, That's why we're not high enough. It just makes us feel bad. Well, it's just yeah, like it's uh, an listen, H and an E and an O. He's obviously, there's teams that value him as a pick somewhere between 20 and 32. I'm not, not as high on him uh, as you could tell. Yeah. But he's going to be one of those guys that's, he's not, even if he doesn't go in the first round, it won't be long after this off the board he's going to go. People are going to wonder why you didn't throw Kellen Mond in the first round. You say he's a first round quarterback. Yeah, I know. He's not even in the first round in the own, Chris Sims' own mock draft. No, no. Again, I'm, I'm playing by, you know, what I think going to happen here mm-hmm. so uh yeah you know my thoughts but I mean, if there's one team that thinks like you it could happen it, it could happen you know I, I i don't know maybe maybe there's one of those teams too it's they get to that part of the draft where it's it's pick 32 and let's say justin fields has gone already or whatever right so maybe one of those teams does want to trade up for a kellen mon but uh as it stands right now it doesn't look like that's happening all right you did it. I did We've it. We've made it to the finish line. I'm happy. Of draft season. Woo. Now we just get to sit back, 
watch it happen. What are you going to do? How are you going to watch the this draft? This shit's stressful. This shit's stressful. I mean, totally. It tra- it well, stre- especially when you try to, you know, you're as honest as you can be. You look at all the tape of all the players, and you're not the consensus. Like, whenever you're not the consensus, by default, people are going to be like, what are you thinking? <laughs> yeah. it's like, everyone else is thinking this. Why are you <laughs> yeah, the lone right. soldier over here? Right. But realistically, that's how the NFL teams are, right? Any yeah. draft room, it's not like everyone's thinking the same thing. Definitely not. Hopefully not. You don't no, want that. No, definitely not. You're gonna, the, this is going to be the most one of the more interesting drafts we've ever seen, and that's why it's going to be awesome, and I can't wait for it. What are you going to do for the draft? I'm going to be sitting at home okay. on the couch, and I think I'm going to, like, you know, every pick, give a little scouting report, and that's basically it. I'm just going to put that out on social media, kind of explain each team's pick and why he fits and – why I yep. like it or don't like it. And if you want to hear even more about quarterbacks in the draft, your dad's doing this show on CBS Sports CBS Network, 9 Eastern. 9 right? Eastern tonight, right. I think he, I'm not sure if he taped it this morning or yesterday, okay. uh, but either way, it's airing tonight, and he's. it's going to be an awesome breakdown. So please check out Big Phil on CBS Sports Network. Thank you. Well done, Chris. We did it. That's it. Peace out. Wednesday. Pod, AMAs, let's talk. We're going to hear lots of draft rumors, things like that. I'll probably have some more information about certain things, rumors I'm hearing, everything like that. So we're just going to talk ball on Wednesday. But please, send in questions, AMAs. I know there's still things I haven't got to. I I know what I want to get to. Somebody's asked me about Stone Forsyth, right? The tackle from Florida. I got so many questions I still got to get to. Uh, Big Ben Cleveland, the, the Georgia guard. I got to talk about him. I, so don't worry. I've seen your questions. We're going to get to them. Are you working with me on Wednesday? I'm not. I'll be in Louisville. Louisville. I'll be in Louisville for the Kentucky okay, Derby. Okay, I got Saturday Paul Burmeister. Ollie B. Johnny Horse Racer here will not be here. Not Sorry. Be here. All right. So good show. You the man, Amon. Thanks as Thank always. You, good luck with the Kentucky Derby. Thank you. We'll Thank be watching. You. Thank you. And check in on Wednesday, all right? Let's talk AMAs, more quarterback talk. We'll hit it all. Clap Let's it up. Clap it up. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispie, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.